Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, Three, two, one. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good Monday, great Monday to all of you. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for uh, being here. What are you kids doing for Halloween, huh? Everybody, what you got going on? See, my kids are of the age now where it's not as fun. I loved it. Loved it. I love Halloween, but now it's kind of like, eh, you're in high school, Bryce. What are you doing? They just go hang out with their buddies, and he dresses up. I think this year he's got he's a hot dog. Oh, really? Yeah, I think he's nice. just a giant hot dog, which is solid. Uh, I don't even know what Clark is doing. You're kind of just like, eh, it's not as fun as it used to be. I, that's the part. You wish you could bottle them up, man. They used to get so excited. One year, Bryce was, or I think Clark was a stormtrooper, because everybody's got to be at some point. And, uh, and then Bryce was, um, I forget that year, but it, it was some sort of demon thing with red eyes that I got him that was evil. You could hear it breathe, and it was cool. And uh, I remember how excited I was because they, they looked the part and they were so pumped. And I remember yeah, that's the best part about Halloween is that you look at all the kids and you remember being that age and thinking this is the coolest thing in the world. I get to go with friends and family and collect candy while being dressed like something that I think is really cool or scary or both. You're not going to beat it. Kids, enjoy your day. It's the best. You oddly look forward to the disgusting smell of a mask. Like, those things always were horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you couldn't wait to put it on. Well, I was Darth Vader twice. And I remember because they the mask got better year over year. Yep. Mm-hmm. To where it was almost like the first time, if you go back and look at a picture of me, it's just this plastic stupid McDonald's thing. It's yeah. ridiculous. But then, then it got sophisticated. Oh, I had the full helmet. You had the whole deal? You got the thing from the Star Tours ride in uh, MGM oh, Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing was nasty. It was, I think, $60 in those days. Now you can get one where you actually are Darth Vader. You have oh, the, the whole full suit. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple grand. Blinking you, lights. You're the guy, the whole deal. I thought about it about five, six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> thought better of it. Oh, man. 
Yeah, so I I, I miss the days of uh, getting all geared up for them just to see their faces as they go collect the. Who was the bumblebee? Was that Clark or was he a pumpkin? He I think one he of those might have been two. a pumpkin. He was a yeah, pumpkin. Yeah, he was a pumpkin. Yeah. No, we've had some good ones. <laughs> he was a. Oh, you're thinking of his little outfit when he was baby. He had. Yeah. He did have a bumblebee outfit. Yeah. 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 He didn't have a bumblebee I remember outfit. that. Yeah, bumblebee outfit was good. Player prop dream, and then over the weekend, the dream is is dead. I think I went one and one for the ones I tweeted out, but I went one and two. Truth be told, mm. um, with the uh, with the bookie uh, on those. Who didn't hit Drake London? Uh, Christian Kirk didn't hit uh, by I think four yards. I mean, he was right there the whole day. Just one more pass. Can we stop throwing it to Ingram? Christian Kirk's right there. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, and then I forget what the other one was. I, I Oh, I got bu- – it was a bust in the first half. If, at least you're going to lose it. I'm like, oh, well, my man's going to be out here doing some things today. Okay. They, they found him. Dotson, that's who it was. He he torched me. Oh, you played the under. I played under 34 and a half, and I think he had 23 on the first play of the game. Oh, I was like, yeah, right, okay, we got a problem. That's the end of that. <laughs> got a problem. It didn't matter for me, but uh, I had Jonathan Taylor. I drafted him late. Just because of you know the pup, he's gonna come back and play. Yeah, yeah. He had sixty yards on the first drive. He finished under hundred. Like, come on, man! Oh man! Sixty all-purpose yards on. on the first drive. He had ninety-seven that for the hurt game. Your feelings. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you. Five and five, I think, for Redemption Thursday wagers. Just a nothing weekend. Just didn't. It gets hard to win now, though. This is the time yeah. of year where Vegas figured out who everybody is. Vegas has got a good handle on what that team is and what that team is, and their totals are usually pretty spot on too. But you got to try to win first quarter. You got to win like that. Those are the games you have to win now. The odds are against it. I understand this. I understand completely. But you know, this is a potential doomsday Saturday for the SEC, right? Missouri, yeah, Georgia. It's a, it's a really good, yeah, yeah. And then you got LSU, Alabama. So if Missouri and LSU come away victorious. The SEC's got some real problems on their hands in terms of a playoff candidate. Ole Miss, let's just say they take care of business against Jimbo and Texas A&M. Next week, Ole Miss and Georgia, under this scenario, would be playing an elimination game for the college football playoff. Isn't that great? Both would carry one loss next It'd week. It'd be it, nice. The odds are against it. Yeah. Georgia's a 15-point favorite. I understand that. But if it were to happen, the SEC next week for the college football playoff selection show could be without a home. <laughs> Uh, don't you love it? I do. It's fun to watch. Let's see. Uh, Missouri is, hey, listen, Drinkwitz has done an incredible job. I mean, that's, it's nuts. Their only loss is to LSU? Yeah, they're 7-1, and, one, and, and, they have a a legi- and they have a legit offense. Uh, yeah, they really do. Uh, they <laughs> And their NIL game is through the roof. Yeah, they're doing, they're doing some things at Missouri. Good for them. Good for them. Well, I think, I mean, look, I think Alabama kind of righted the ship. So we'll see though that they they are beatable, and you better. We're running out of chances for them to to get beat though. So this would be a good weekend as any. Alabama right now, according to SP Plus, is a seventy three percent chance of winning the conference. LSU at twenty one percent. The West, I should say. The East is obviously Georgia through the roof, followed by Missouri, followed by Tennessee. Florida's not mentioned. Missouri would be in first place yeah. in the SEC East with a win this. Yeah, this they weekend. would. Yeah, they would. Boy, it'll be like shades of 2013. Remember, in 2013, 
Auburn beat Missouri in the SEC championship game for the right to play us. Missouri at Georgia this weekend. LSU at Alabama this weekend. The other big games that remain for the SEC. Tennessee at Missouri November the 11th, so the week after this one. Georgia at Tennessee and Texas A&M at LSU if you want to throw that one in there. Jimbo cost me by a half point today uh, or on Saturday night. I did, however, get the under the total, so I split on that particular wager. But um, my man, so hard to watch him sometimes. Anyhow, they were 14 and a half. They won by 13. It's hurtful. Yeah. So it's what happens. I enjoyed watching the uh, the slop fest in the 7:30 window as Chris Fowler was losing his mind with his homerism uh, in the second half of Colorado and UCLA, and how Colorado was the beneficiary of four turnovers. Uh, UCLA kept turning the ball over inside the ten. It was like, (laughs) what are you doing, guys? They needed seven turnovers to win that football game. I think maybe eight. Uh, They they would have had to play for a long time. Yeah. It Although was, I will, um, I will say the uh, targeting penalty is not targeting on Sanders. I gotta just stop with the nonsense. Did you see what I posted yesterday? I may have the NFL, the Steelers, Jags. Oh, stuffing. I did. Yes, yeah. Go, go. If you haven't seen that, folks, go watch that. I posted that. It's on my Twitter feed. I, I, I got off the couch. I got so angry. I don't even care about those two teams. You know, I don't. I was actually rooting for Jacksonville to win the game. I'm sitting there watching that, and I'm like, well, that is how you teach somebody to tackle. That is exactly what you would tell them to do. That thing right there. He could have blown him up. In fact, if I let the tape roll a little bit more, you'll see that Trevor Lawrence appreciates what that kid did. He gets up and pats him on the ass to say thank you for not blowing me up. He could have, he could have decapitated him. He could have done anything he wanted. He doesn't hit his knees. He doesn't hit his head. He form tackles, wraps, lowers the shoulder into the midsection. You teach tackling that way. It's They got to stop. Uh, the Sanders one, it's unfortunate for the kid. He's leading with the shoulder. He hits in the right area. The problem is the head's attached to the shoulder, and he hits the kid under the chin. I know what he's trying to do. Yes, there's no such thing as targeting. Just get rid of the rule. The there's optics no of it thing. is you've got the crown of a helmet hitting a chin, and you're screwed. You're screwed, you're screwed. but that's that, we know that's not the intent. They have ruined this thing. I'm telling you, I said it from day one. I was the loudest one to say it, I'm, at least locally. I There is no such thing. People do not target. It doesn't happen. It's not a real thing. Stop doing that. Stop kicking people out of games. If you want to throw a penalty... For if if you launched above the shoulders, there are moments when you can say, "All right, look, yeah, there was a, we got to get game this, this year. Yeah, yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, where we say you got to get that out of the game. Okay, I'll grant you that. That's not that has always been a penalty, by the way. And leading with the crown of your helmet has always been a penalty. It's been in the play. It's been in the rules since going back to the fifties and sixties. That that has always been a penalty. What they call now is what I'm saying doesn't exist. Like this nonsense, like. Go down. If if somebody could just stand on a field, and stand down on the field and watch how fast the game is played in college and pro football, like to see, like be down there and watch how quickly plays begin and end, and how violently fast it is, you'd see that nobody has time. Nobody has time to think about I'm going to target this guy. Nobody does. Nobody does. It's about angles, and you can. And that's the other part about this is that most of the time. 
there's an implied sense that a person is is attempting to injure or attempting to do this. They're not. They're not. That that's the only reason that you would throw somebody out of the game is that you believe they are. Well, and and it's like you believe that uh, every defender is uh, force sensitive for you Star Star Wars people out there. They, they can tell the future, right? Because they know exactly where the offensive player is going to go. Like everybody <laughs> assumes that the defender has this split second ability to adjust their you- body, but. The receiver, the quarterback, the running back can make any movement. They don't know where that player and is going. And they often do. Obviously, low man wins in football. You're yeah. taught that from the day you start playing the game. So everybody's in a battle to, A, get to where they need to be, try to beat you to a spot. Okay, so we're it's the math we're doing here. I'm trying to get to this spot based on what I have assessed in real time, your speed to be and your size and everything else. And if I'm able to get to that spot before you, now I've got to get lower than you. And you want to get lower than me. So you can truck me. I don't want to get trucked. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to cross paths with our heads lowered and we're going to hit. And that's why you have a damn helmet on. That's why we're talking about officiating every week. I was nervous in the second half, I think it was. I know running backs and and running plays have less protections than receivers and quarterbacks, but we walloped somebody at the line of scrimmage, and it looked like it would have crossed that threshold upon review, and I was stunned that they did not stop the game. uh, Yes, I was yelling, snap, 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 and we didn't. We took our sweet time. I'm like, snap the ball, snap it, snap Mm -hmm. it. They're going to screw us. It was deep in their own territory. See, but this gets back to, and this is less of a conversation about complaining about specific calls that go against us or just specific gripes about officials that's just going to happen every week yeah that's just it's yeah every week we're uh, we're in for 40 yards we're in the acc man it's what it's what it is it has been for a very long time like i've noticed a discernible difference between the way games are called in the sec and games are called in the acc we've talked about that a lot but as it pertains to florida state how much easier of a cover is it on saturday rather than sweating bullets if not for always always it, it drives me nuts but we just get back to again the intent and the spirit of these rules you have to stop your officials from incessantly seeking penalties instead of witnessing one and calling it. That's a reaction to a penalty. It's not, I'm looking for one, but they, I'm telling you, they're looking. It's crazy. It's like, it's like they don't want you to be able to play the game. They want to put their hands all over the game. Stop. That's not the mentality. You should want to go unnoticed. The best officiated games are the ones where you never, ever think about an official. Afterwards, you're like, you know what? I don't, I don't even think I yelled at the official once today. That, that day, that crew did a great job. A great, not because your team didn't get screwed, but because they didn't insert themselves into the game. It's No, they let him play in the first quarter on Saturday. It's and just, then magically, well, you get closer to halftime. Maybe the score is getting more lopsided at that time. I don't know. I'm not going to question and impugn their integrity. But I will say that the moment it started to approach a, a three, four-score margin, my God, the yellow flags came out left and right. The um, the Keon Coleman push-off, man, when he's getting bear-hugged. Yeah. Come on. On the heels of the Roddick hold, which um, not since the ponder throw against USF in 2009. Ooh, which is a great throw. Have I seen a rollout where there really is – there wasn't an angle. There's no angle that shows that's a hold. No. The kid throws his arms up in the air, which doesn't work for us against Duke, by the way. Right. Doesn't work. Right. Doesn't work, but it worked in that moment because you have a Kentron amazing play on the yep. other side of it. Head tops him. It was shades of, uh, I know it was a different circumstance a little bit the way that he caught it, but it reminded me of Kenny Shaw against Boston College 10 years ago. 
to roll out to the right. It's the same sideline, and it's it feels good. like a low percentage moment. It's a good throw. And it's a really good throw. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a good throw. That was back-to-back plays, the Kentron play and, and the pass interference of which you speak. The uh, Kentron play, I'm like, okay, guys. You got my man bear-hugging him. He's going to extend his arm, but in, in fairness to that official, what he probably saw was just the arm extension, not what came before it. That's, that's where his fault is, though. Yeah, you need yeah. to understand. Like, you know it and I know it. it if you are both engaged yeah. and you haven't thrown a flag by the time that both players are engaged, you cannot throw a flag for the disengagement. You can't. Your choice was to either there's an infraction as they both decide to lock each other up or there isn't. From that point on, they've got to separate themselves, and you've got to let you got to be okay with that. Yeah, I got. I just. I uh, wish I didn't have a weekend where I, that's something that comes up. Like I'm. I was less furious about our game. They there were some egregious moments in that third quarter, but I okay. I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't. It, we've seen way worse. But the yeah, in the NFL, it happened again yesterday, and that's why I just. I'm. You got to stop, guys. The quarterback's a football player, and most of these quarterbacks, you'll notice. Lots of them, lots of them know that it's nonsense, and they want to be treated like football players. It's interesting to watch uh, and listen to all the former quarterbacks who nine times out of ten will be like, yeah, that's not that's not roughing. That's a good hit right there. You know, those would be the guys to be most sensitive about it, and they're not. Low-key, one of the most important plays that Jordan Travis made Saturday was the second drive, the first run. It's a read option. He runs left, and he's being horse-collared for four steps. And he's got the strength to not allow that to collapse him and mm-hmm. suffer an Achilles injury. The kid is two hands holding on to him yeah. and dragging. And he's riding him for th- three to four <laughs> steps. <laughs> now we would care an awful lot about that missed horse collar if you've got a ruptured Achilles and the yeah. kid's out for the season. But sure, sure. In the second half, we'll have two horse collars go quite the other way. By the way, that. The uh, WWE body slamming was ruthless. It it was. It was good football. It's good. If football, you're gonna yeah. mesh for six seconds, these yeah. are the these are the things that you have to. Oh live no, with, I laughed pal. about it. I laughed about. it. I was like, ooh, and I knew they were gonna throw the flag, and they didn't even know why they threw it. They're like, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna call it a horse call. Okay, <laughs> I gotta call something. Surely, with the way they want us to throw flags now, that has to be something, right? He slammed him on his head. Nick O'Leary should have been suspended after the Louisville game in uh, 14. That should, that should have been a suspension. <laughs> well, the Clemson game, too. Oh, well, yeah, that's just... That's just ruthless yeah. and unnecessary Wait till they start calling... Oh, that yeah, flag. Yeah, yeah. Greg Jones on Sean Taylor. Right. Wait they start throwing flags on the running back. Unnecessary, guys. For the longest time, by the way, the only offensive player to get an unsportsmanlike conduct after uh, uh, for an offensive player was Larry Zonka for the Dolphins. Got one for stiff-arming a guy out of bounds and just about... Took his head off. He was just too too mean, too strong. <laughs> they called it. They're like, that's unnecessary. For years, that was a trivia question. I'm sure it's with the way that they over-officiate things now. That's not the case anymore. You can get a flag for almost anything. But, yeah, Larry Zonka was the first to get one where an offensive player got called for unnecessary roughness for a stiff arm. If they applied that logic now, Derek Henry would be in jail. <laughs> 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 Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. 
passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center, online at OrangeTheoryFitness.com. from Irashfell or chant.com here in a mere moment. By the way, so some things that are always fun about college football are the turnarounds where, you know, programs, we were one of them just recently after five and seven campaign going 10 and three and coming out of the wilderness, getting talked about in a different way. Obviously that was very rewarding for us, but that goes on in college football all the time where you start to see hey, this coach's impact is happening. You can see it. It's playing out on the field. Or in a negative way where you say, yeah, that coach has always been a bad coach, and now they're playing like they're coached poorly. It was a big surprise. But uh, you you do that all the time. And uh, Nebraska's got a very good chance to go to a bowl, buddy. That's uh, Colorado's best win. As it turns out. Uh, And by the way, uh, they have an outside chance of winning the Big Ten West. Oh, look out. (laughs) Matt Rule, year one, buddy. God, that conference still with divisions. Yeah. You have got to be kidding me. How is it that Michigan back-to-back years gets two months of preseason football? It feels that way, doesn't it? Man. But, you know, I I brought it up earlier. There are two in the ACC, three in the ACC, that you would go, job well done. Virginia Tech, for starters, Tom's favorite team, is... You know, I mean, obviously they they have a shot. Um, they were one and three. They're now four and four, and you know they're not, they're they're not going to, but they could go to a bowl certainly. Boston College from one and three, ninety sixth SP plus when we played them, by the way, and I remember that they've won four in a row. Here they are. 
And then I would say the other one is Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech is the football equivalent to being schizophrenic. So they have recent wins over Miami and North Carolina. Georgia Tech does. They have losses to Bowling Green and Boston College by a combined 26 points. They're four and four. It it's, uh, <laughs> makes you at least think a little bit about next year's opening game in Ireland. That was a laugher. Now it's a, hey, guys, let's make sure that yeah, uh, we're buttoned up, ready to play. Brock Glenn is ready to go. <laughs> Although Tate continues to look good in limited reps. He did. Yeah, he did. Um, You know, uh, by the way, we knew this would happen. That's why you let the games play out and you don't get all in your feelings and get upset and things like that afterwards, uh, after one win, like the, the first game of the year, like Colorado had against TCU. They've uh, lost four in their last five games, and uh, they will probably be multiple score underdogs in each of their last four games. So thanks for playing. You're done. Also, South Carolina. The Shane Beamer era is coming to an end quick, Tom. Mm-hmm. It's, looking, it's looking ugly. Special teams cannot save this Beamer. This is not looking good. Go through the uh, the numbers of those that are in contention right now for the Heisman. And very quietly, we touched on this last week, Jordan Travis kind of moved up the ladder here. Now, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. But really, what an honor it would be for him to go to New York. And that is still in the realm of possibility. Because you're seeing Washington's offense struggle now. And Oklahoma just lost. So Dylan Gabriel, who a lot of people had ahead, that that's a tough one. I mean, I know he doesn't play defense, but you just got to kind of try to slide ahead of a couple of guys, whether that's J.J. McCarthy or, you know, Michael Penix Jr., if they continue to struggle on offense, no, for example. No touchdowns on offense against Arizona State. Yeah, there's a couple. Jordan has not had a clunker in the realm of that. No. And yet there's Penix and everybody's top three. Yeah, now Penix has been really good. Uh, that game aside, he's been really, really good. But it's the equivalent of Florida State not scoring an offensive touchdown against Boston College. And yeah. that game being in Tallahassee, that was a home game. Yeah, it'd be weird. Come on now. It'd be weird. Um, the guy you got to worry about if you're Jaden Daniels or anybody else on this list is the Ollie Gordon kid at Oklahoma State. Have you looked at what this kid's been doing? No. Well, sweet Jesus, buddy. Oklahoma State somehow, after that South Alabama loss, just can't lose. My man had 25 carries for 271 yards and two touchdowns, and he's been doing that on the regular. He's getting compared to Barry Sanders. This is nuts. Wow. Go look at his numbers. I was going to say, were you going to bring up the Stanford receiver, who if he doesn't get hurt on Saturday, he would have gone for another 200 yards. Yeah. he's he's, Yeah. Hey, (laughs) thebattlesend.com, guys. Come on down, buddy. Come on down. Irashafel is set to join us, and he joins us right now, as you want to do on Mondays. That's always a good thing. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. So, did you get to did you get to bathe in it? Did you wash yourself in the feelings and the sights and the sounds of the hill? I saw the post game rap. I'm just kind of curious. Did you did you let it linger? Because who knows if you're ever going back? Probably not as much as I should have. You know, I, you know, I, looking back on it. When we were done with the wrap, I probably should have just sat down on the hill. Yes. And just kind of really reflected on all our trips there. But uh, I also was thinking, well, you know what? I got to drive back to Tallahassee. <laughs> so I, kinda, 
hoofed it back up to the press box. It was still, uh, you know what would have been funny, Ira, because the game was over at halftime, if you and Corey had gone down and recorded it on the hill at halftime and got an early start back to tally, you could have <laughs> been like, guys, this game is over. We're going to do the wrap from the hill with the fans around us, and we're going to hit the road because this one is gone. I actually did say to, to Corey in the second half that uh, I should have covered the fourth quarter from the student section, mm. which had like three people left in it for the second half, <laughs> and, and just like gone down there and talked to them. Like, why are you still here? Like, all your friends left. Why are you guys still here? That is the do. Loyal. Loyal fans. Yeah. No, that was uh, – okay, so by the way, I know you, you spoke on this, but let's hear it again. I'm curious – was it really 50-50? It looked it on television to me. It looked like 50% Garnet in the stands. It easily could have been. It's hard to tell on the side underneath the press box. Um, it's hard to see all of that. But the side that was where the Florida State fans were sitting, I mean, they were 80% of that side of the stadium. Um, I just don't know the exact numbers of how many were on, on the press box side of the stadium. But it was probably close to it. Um, it was uh, it was impressive, man. Like, and everywhere I went, like I, I was down underneath the stadium when I went to go uh, talk call you guys for the pregame show. I was underneath the stadium and I heard some Wake Forest employees like commenting to each other, like, "What's the deal with all this garnet?" <laughs> like, they, they were. It was like they, they they had been invaded. They didn't understand what was going on. It was. Uh, and then the other lady said, "Well, it is Florida State." Mm, yeah, it, it's uh, a real program, hun. <laughs> That's is what you could have said as you walked past. But it's like, uh, yeah, I would have given it to the Hun. Uh, but 22 for 35 for 359 yards, three touchdowns. You had the 29 yards rushing and a touchdown. Jordan Travis was simply fantastic. I thought it was his best game of the year, top to bottom. I thought he was fantastic. He made uh, a few NFL throws. The best throw of the year was the throw to Morlock. Um, that I could watch that over and over and over again. It's uh, it's It's just a perfect throw. Uh, he that was what we were hoping to see every week, and that was something to behold. And if he's going to play anywhere close to that level moving forward, Florida State's going to be a hard team to beat because he gets out of the pocket, kind of offsets some of the weakness of the offensive line, and then obviously he's diagnosing really well right now, processing really well right now. And that, from a technique standpoint, I thought that this was the best he looked, setting his feet and throwing the football. I I, I agree with you. I mean, I thought, uh, in fact, I almost – asked Norvell a couple times about how well he played in this game, which kind of implies that he hasn't been playing well, and he has been playing well. Right. I just thought that this was almost like to a different level. This was, uh, yes. Yeah, and uh, I also thought, you know, I liked the way he handled, you know, there were some situations like the, you know, the interception, or the, the pass that could have been intercepted early in the game. It looked like when Keon slipped, um, you know, Keon, Keon slipped a couple times in the grass, a couple of the guys did, and that led to some of those issues I think there was also a couple other routes where receivers weren't exactly, maybe didn't see it exactly the way, same way he saw it. Mm-hmm. It looked like he made errant throws, um, and I was just impressed that he never seemed to let that bother him. They had a, they had one uh, one or two possessions that ended with two or three straight completions, two or three straight incompletions, and uh, you know again it never seemed to bother him. He came back out and and threw extremely well. So I just think you know we're continuing. It, it's it's funny, like in one regard he's played a ton of football. But in another regard, I think because the way the, the offense has really evolved with him actually doing dropbacks and reading the whole field and all that, it's almost like we're seeing him grow still 
from week to week, even though he's already played a ton of football. Yeah, that was encouraging. I, I really thought he was in total command, and to go in there and do that without three of your receivers, um, and one of whom is a, a bona fide stud, so the other two are, are important, but obviously no Johnny Wilson, and it, really they didn't miss a beat. That was what was fun. And uh, By the way, also, I don't know if you could tell from the press box, but they gave a ground uh, on-field end zone perspective. I don't know if you've had a chance to go back and look at it, of the Benson catch and run, the the screen pass for 80. That is a scary, scary force of nature coming at you if you see it from that vantage point. Could you deduce from the press box that that man was running at speeds that should be illegal for someone his size? You know, I didn't see it. I haven't seen that angle yet. I did want to go back and watch some of the game, but I haven't seen that part yet. But uh, Do yourself a yeah. favor and do it, Ira. It's incredible. Well, no, and, yeah, seeing it from above, you we had a pretty pretty good feeling early on. It, this, this may go the distance. Um, but, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it is it's it is otherworldly. And, and it's one of those things that you could kind of like, you know, it's just we've come to expect it. But I think I wrote a story about it just because it, it isn't normal. I mean, he's the first player in school history to have an 80-yard pass reception and an 80-yard run, and he also has uh, an 80-plus-yard kickoff return. Yeah, against Boston College, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, uh, you again, it's stuff you would not expect from somebody, like you said, of that body type. Yeah, it's 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 pretty scary, um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. How'd they come out health-wise? Everybody all right? Uh, I think they did. I, I'm trying to think back to the game itself. I don't really remember a lot of guys having injuries. Um, uh, so I, I think they did. And uh, Norvell said that uh, Johnny Wilson was able to practice some this weekend, I guess, last night. So that's a positive. We'll see if he's available this week. He didn't sound super uh, optimistic about Hakeem Williams or Destin Hill. But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, maybe they'll get one of those guys back as well. But, you know, again, this is this week is very much a get-through-it week against Pitt because, you know, obviously the big game is a week later. Yeah, I would imagine if they have to, they'll hold everybody out that they need to. Uh, Renardo Green was one I did want to ask you about, if he is all right. Uh, you know, I, I don't, haven't heard anything about okay. not being okay. So I, 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 as far as I know he is, but I, I don't know for sure. So from here, it's getting fun, Ira. You know, we plan on Warchant.com tomorrow night to have a reaction to the College Football Playoff Committee's rankings. I, I made a case in the first hour. I really scoured numbers today, this morning, and really over the weekend. I looked at everything that advanced metrics can give us. And I, there's no way Florida State will be outside that top four. I would be surprised if they weren't top three, quite frankly. Do you feel as encouraged by that or not? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I think if you're not going into it, I get preseason polls. I get the AP poll. I get the USA Today poll, coaches poll. I get the idea that they, they're going to always do a preseason poll, and they're going to continue to kind of follow that lead throughout the course of a season, and then it's all going to work itself out. I get all that. But the whole purpose of not doing the college football playoff rankings until this late in the season right. is that now you're not, you're not relying on your preseason thoughts and your biases from the year before and all that. And if that's true, if that's what they're really going to do, and if they're not going to look at any of that or what happened in the past or previous years, then yeah, man, I think they, they could, you could argue that they'd be in the top two. Uh, yeah. At least the top three. Um, if they're fourth, or good grief, if there's any way they weren't. But if they're not, yeah. Then it's obvious that they're, that they're, that they're not doing what they're supposed to do. I don't think there's any way they're not in the top four, but I actually, that's the only thing I would say about this silliness that is this spectacle every year 
I will have a problem if they are not in the top four because now you're having to overcome that bias in a way that you may not be able to. And that is nerve wracking. Um, you know, I you good again, you go undefeated, I think you're in no matter what, but you would be a little it'd be disconcerting if you were sitting there at five and Washington was ahead of you. Exactly. And the whole idea of well then why are we doing this? Then why are we why do we wait eight weeks if you're not gonna do that? Because Honestly, the, again, the polls—they're locked into what they said in the preseason, and they're not going to—they're not going to change it unless one team is dramatically better, or the other—the team that's in first looks terrible. And they're sneaking by, um, but the whole idea of this is you're waiting because you want to take an—you know—an unbiased view of how teams are actually playing, and if that's the case, then you shouldn't be beholden. Then it, it should be a case where anybody could be number one. It doesn't have to be Georgia because they're two, two right. times defending national champion, but. My feeling is it's probably going to be Georgia's one, and I feel like Michigan's probably going to be two. And then, you know, we'll see. We'll see what they do with three and four. But uh, I, I'm with you 100%. I think you, you definitely make a case that Florida State uh, should be at least number three. Brother, it's always good to talk to you. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Be good. Thanks, Jeff. See yep. Iris Chaffel, WarChant.com. I, you know, the problem you have is, okay, I can look at strength of schedule. And if I do look at strength of schedule, I think Michigan has to be, in a weird way, on the outside looking in. No, that would be the first place you go if you're trying to argue Florida State to be number two or number one in the country. You yeah, would go Ohio there. State has the highest strength of schedule of the group we're talking about. Florida State's number two after that. Um, if you wanted to do this the right way, you would say, if that's how you were going to base it, then you'd say, well, Michigan's five. Yeah, correct. They're not even in the top four. Yeah, you combine strength of schedule with the efficiency and balance of both sides of the football. Florida State is a top two team in the country. It's it's an ironclad argument, just about. Now, the lone thing I would say is, again, they don't just use strength of schedule. They do watch the games allegedly, and in that way, I would tell you that I've watched Michigan's play every one of their games. I've seen every one of their games, and I think they're legitimately very good. Like, I know their schedule's ass, but they have crushed the teams they've played. Those games have not – they haven't had a hiccup. There hasn't been any moment where you're like, oh, what is going on here? Then None of them. It's been over by halftime. They've just boat raced people. So I think they are very good. But they're going to have an opportunity to prove that later on. They've got a couple of better games in terms of stature that if they win, they'll kick down the door. Yeah. So you could say, as a committee, well – be damned. I think they may be the best team in the country, but I'm not putting them there because I haven't played anybody. And yeah, my eyes tell me they're really good, but they've got two games coming up that will tell us whether or not they're as good as I think they are. So I'll just wait. Yeah. If you put them at one or two, then the eye test outweighs all of the other things you're supposed that's to consider. That's exactly right. That's what, that's what you would have to argue. It's the only thing you could argue. Yeah. No, exactly. Now, last year they had a similar schedule that was just so sorry. It, it was terrible. But they stomp the hell out of Ohio State and Columbus, and that ends all arguments. Uh, and at that yeah. point, you say, well, never mind, never mind. You earned it. You are where you need to be, and, and that's in the playoff. But this year, we're not there yet. We're not at that point. They don't have their Ohio State moment. So I agree. They should probably be four or five, but they're more than likely going to end up at one or two tomorrow. So for, if you're Michigan, look, this is, this is how it works for you. Uh, if you. If you put them, if you're the committee, you put them at five based on their schedule currently. And then you say, okay, well, they've got at Penn State November the 11th. And I don't think Penn State's any good, but they'll probably beat Penn State. And then 
November 25th, they've got Ohio State. They win those two games convincingly. They win those two games. They're undefeated. Yeah, they're in. It's as simple as that. We're done talking here. Florida State wins out. They're in. What gets interesting is if, well, not even then. If Washington can keep winning, they'll get in, too, because right. Ohio State at that point would have yeah. a loss. and that would Oklahoma be the, did us a favor this weekend. Oh, they did, buddy. And as much as I have affinity for Oklahoma, I was happy to see him lose. Down at the end yeah. of the game, at the end of the game, I was pulling for Kansas because I want fewer obstacles. I keep talking about it every week on this show. Which of the teams want to nominate themselves for taking it on down the road? And Oklahoma nominated themselves this weekend and take it on down the road. They must. I think it would have been patently absurd to put them ahead of Florida State if both teams were thirteen and zero and conference champions. But the committee we might have, have done to, it. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Correct. And the committee might have done it, but now. That's not a that's not a universe we live in. Avoid the scenario by which, however, there are three or four teams trying to get in to the fourth spot and all of whom have a loss. That yeah. is to say, if Florida State is to suffer a loss because we're screwed in the ACC championship game, that's gonna be a bum. That's gonna be a bum. No, you need to root like hell for Louisville you so that they Louisville, carry yes. thirteen into yeah. that weekend and right. you can lie to yourselves. Yes. That, you are one hundred percent correct. But I don't think Louisville's going to win out. So it's just like, I'm going to be like, man. I will tell you this. I was worried we were going to have to face Drake May because I think he's a hell of a quarterback. But Mac Brown did us what he well, did us a favor and does what he does. Even if he got there, his head coach would have limited him in some way. It would have been it would have been silly. Yeah, their defense has stopped making stops, too. There's Oh, there's a stat line for you. I wanted to bring this up because this is just straight up funny. Um, for that game, by the way, Georgia Tech 46, North Carolina 42. Uh, here it was. Is it the 600 yards that Georgia Tech amassed? No, this is even better. So North Carolina, who twice had double-digit leads in this game, uh, in the fourth quarter gave up to Georgia Tech 22 points. Okay. You say, well, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. In the fourth quarter, they gave up 246 yards. The hell are we? What are we? That's pretty much a thousand yard pace. What are we doing out here, North Carolina? Holy Jesus! How much did Wake have all afternoon against us? Two hundred ten. I think it was two hundred ten. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I'll and I'll do this for people who missed the first hour, and I know we got to take a break, but this is crazy. Again, here it is. Here's the number. When I was going back through, I knew their success rate was terrible, and I went and looked at third down and all that. They were eighteen percent, which is just embarrassing. But Wake Forest ran the ball 44 of their 65 scrimmage plays. Of the 44 rushes, 41 of them went for two yards or less. Uh, that is staggering. That's hard to do if you're playing a high school team. Kid makes you miss. Can't <laughs> me like that. Come on, man. What are we doing out here? That is... They have to feel like babies, little children. Little infants, little toddlers, just getting tossed around, being abused. It's awful. It's like a a little guy I saw at the corner pocket not that long ago. Probably that's probably mile, more like five six years ago now. Who was told to leave and he would not leave. And he got picked up. And yeah. so the guy who removed him warned him that I'm just going to carry you out of yeah, here. He goes, No, you're you. not. Yeah. And the well, hell he, he was. Yeah. And it's, put me down! Put me down! He's swinging his arms violently. Sir, you're a 
a grown man being escorted out by another grown man yes. against your will, and there's nothing you can do about that it. That manager bouncer corner pocket was Florida State. Yes. That little man was, was Wake Forest. Forest. Oh, my Put goodness. me down. Goodness. And what a great game Jared Verse had. I forgot to mention him earlier, not because of the sacks. The sacks, the two sacks, great, good. That's a byproduct of how hard he played and how dominant he was. He was awesome against the run. He was awesome, period. This was a, a game where he was a, he was wreaking havoc in every aspect of the game. Go back and watch that again, guys. Jared Verst was a grown-ass man on Saturday, amongst many, but he was the emblematic of the 41 rushes for less than two yards that Wake had. Can you imagine standing on a sideline, Tom, calling that play? Yeah, less than two yards again. Hmm. Try it again, Johnny. Let's see if we can get uh, three on this one. I know that everybody loves a good video game analogy. That would be like when you wanted to start Army, right, mm-hmm. and uh, improve yeah. their program in the dynasty. Always. But you scheduled Alabama for the first game of the season, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. NCAA 12. Yeah, and you're just taking a beating. It's going to be third and 12, Yep. no matter how you shake it. But, you know, that game always ended with the announcers saying, boy, Army hung in there. Coach Cameron's got something going in the right direction there. They lose by 21 today, but they were right there. 31 to 10. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness it's five-minute quarters. Oh, Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, Chat TV. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. You know, by the way, our life could have been made a little bit easier if uh, if Virginia had pulled off the upset. Did you watch the end of that game? I did. I did. I'd just gotten done with the post-game show, and so I was able to watch most of the fourth quarter. So I remember thinking in overtime, uh, if Virginia has to kick a field goal, they're going to lose this game. And I was saying, don't do this. Don't kick the field goal. Yeah. Go for it. They kicked the field goal, and they lost the game. Well, how about Mario kneeling the ball with timeouts, 20-plus seconds to go, puts a knee on the ground. He's that done it more kid, than once. That kid will make a 65-yarder. Borgales is unbelievable. And, of course, he drilled the 48-yarder or whatever it was. Yeah, it's, you know, 45. That kid is unbelievable. They got us. They, they've got their version of Roberto Aguayo and whoever else you want to... Yeah. He's got a stronger leg than Berto. Oh, but that, yes, that he is, does. That's a cannon. And oh, you're it's not going to give that... So you won't kneel against Georgia Tech, but you will then with timeouts to get to the... All you got to do is get to the logo and you've got a fair chance to walk it off. No, it's nuts. Three of Miami's last four games have gone down to the final play. The last two have been in overtime. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that kid is that good. It's, it, it pisses me off, actually. When he lines up, you're like, well, this is right down the heart. Florida State 38, Miami 9. 
<laughs> and he's going to make a 60-yarder, right? He'll make oh, a, yeah, he'll make a half 57 yarder right before the half. And you're 67. like, are you kidding me with this kid? Yeah, 67 before half. Yeah, he's a weapon. We'll be up 24 to 3, and all everybody's going to talk about is the 67 yarder. I'll tell you what, I um, I do feel good about one thing. I have a friend who's still alive in a survivor pool, and he's like, okay, I've used you know the Eagles, I've used the Dolphins. That's I've too much used, pressure. That's a he's lot asking of pre- you? Yeah, he calls me. He goes, no. okay, all right. Here are my choices. I can go Chargers over the Bears, which in retrospect was a good pick, but we didn't go that route. He's like, where would you go? And I said, you offered counsel? Oh, God. Well, he wanted to know. He asked me. I would say, I'll offer you counsel if I get to buy into this thing, but I'm not going to be the reason that you alone lose Well, ultimately, he has to make the decision. I mean, my goodness. uh, He's just calling for advice. He knows I'm a gambler. He wants to know what would I do. He's like, would you go Lions over Raiders, which is tonight's game? And I said, well, I'd like to save the Lions. Um, I, you know, there are other games I like more. He was like, such as? And I said, Ravens. And when it was 7 to nothing, Arizona, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to happen. I'm saying. This is not going to happen. If you've got strong feelings, you have to fire over a waiver that our friendship cannot end for this conversation, man. I need you to sign that. Yeah. Not e-signature. I need you to sign that, notarize it, and send it back. But I, I did. I, t- I told him to take the Ravens. And we won. We're good. We're all set. Now, you know, that's just – that's a survivor pool. That's not against the number because they lost the the bet against the number in weird-ass fashion. That has to be a nightmare. The Ravens were killing the Cardinals. They give up a touchdown, an onside kick, uh, then then a field goal and an onside kick. You're sitting there going, this cannot be happening. I'm sure he was sweating. If you like pure chaos, pure gambling, like betting on a coin flip, how about doing an NFL survivor pool against uh, the spread? You know I'll bet on on a coin flip. I've done it. I you, it was not you, but I have seen a four figure coin flip. Yeah, it's really entertaining. <laughs> good work out of you. Uh, good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. Have a good night. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.